It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Locked On Panthers podcast. Another edition here with you with myself, Bill Versetti. Hope you guys are having a good week. We are back rolling on Crossover Wednesday. We are going to have Peter Bukowski coming up later with Locked On Packers, getting ready for this big NFC showdown with the Packers. But I wanted to jump on here first and talk about the big news from yesterday, of course. And we, t- we touched on this a little bit, too, during the crossover segment. So you'll hear that uh, in the thir- third part of the show when I'm on the hot seat, so to speak, talking about the pack or talking about the Panthers. The second session is myself asking Peter about the Packers. But, of course, we have to talk about the big news from yesterday of Cam Newton going on injured reserve. It, it is obviously tough that uh, that it came to this decision. We know it, it seemed like Cam was maybe getting close. Let's just backtrack a little bit. It's just really weird. It, it's been a weird few weeks, I guess we'll say. Uh, and it starts with the bye week. When, you know, because even if you want to you know, go back to Cam Newton not even traveling with the team to London, like, you know, that's fine. But then you get to the bye week and you, you get the reports that Cam might be getting close and Cam might be ready to practice soon. Maybe as soon as after the bye, leading up to the 49ers game. Well, obviously that didn't happen because basically right out of the bye week, the Panthers announced Kyle Allen would start against the 49ers, and then we did it again last week against the Titans, and he did it again this week with leading into the Packers game. And now you get to to, to uh, well Tuesday saying that they've basically just decided, all right, we're just going to stop it here. We're going to put Cam on injured reserve. Uh, Marty Herney came out. And gave a quote yesterday. He said, For the past seven weeks, Cam has diligently followed a program of rest and rehab and still is experiencing pain in his foot. He saw two foot specialists last week who agreed that he should continue that path prescribed by the team's medical staff and that it likely will take significant time for the injury to heal. He then also went on to say, We have said all along that it is impossible to put a timetable on this injury. Nobody is more frustrated with that fact than Cam. He's one of the fiercest competitors I've been around during my 20-plus years in the league. At this time, we have decided that the best decision to reach the goal of bringing the foot back to 100% is to place Cam on injured reserve. And so, unfortunately, that, of course, does mean that his season is over. Um, You know, granted, we could because... Deshaun Jackson was just put on IR as well, and you know he could come back in uh, after Week 17. So you know there is possibly playoff run, but at this point, you're not bringing him back 
you're not bringing uh, Cam Newton back for playoff run. So effectively, his season is over. I mean, you figure to nine. We're nine weeks into the season. IR means you're out for eight weeks. Well, eight weeks basically takes you to the end of the season anyway. So that's kind of how you you figure that out. But it, I guess it kind of brings an end to what's been a whirlwind of a, of a season, both on and off the field, for Cam Newton. You know, when's that foot injury going to heal? Will it ever heal? And now, of course, it brings the question, and it was something that Peter asked me, and you'll hear our thoughts, or hear my thoughts, when we get there. But now, of course, it brings up the possibility that Cam Newton has played his last game as a Carolina Panther. And, I mean, you see both both sides of the story, um, and it boils down to his salary cap. Uh, he's due $18 million in 2020, which... I guess if you think about it, isn't terrible for a starting quarterback, but they could cut him and they would save $16 million, only have $2 million in dead money. And, I mean, you hate to think about it, but Cam's just not effective anymore. Or he has, at least he hasn't been in the last handful of games he's played in because of some kind of injury. And now you're going into it, the guy's in his mid-30s, it's been a while now since he's played uh, a full a full 16 game schedule. It's been two seasons now. You know, he missed of course the last two games of last season with that shoulder injury and now the uh the foot injury here that will have limited him to just two games in 2019. And he's just not himself. He just hasn't been himself. He only threw for 572 yards in two games, didn't throw a touchdown pass, and he was a non-factor in the run game. He rushed a whopping five times for negative two yards. So congratulations, myself and all you listeners out there can now officially say that you have rushed for more yards in 2019 than Cam Newton did. We beat him by two yards, zero to negative two. So it's just hard. It's actually, I don't know if I should say hard. It's tough to put stock in Cam Newton right now, at at least at this moment. You know, could things change if they decide to keep him in 2020 and that foot looks healed and he looks healthy? Obviously it could, but right now, what is the confidence level of him being effective for a full 16-game season now. You know, he's clearly not at the at the level he was four years ago when he won MVP, or even two years ago when he, he played most of 2017. He's, he's just not... He's not that effective anymore, it seems. And you have to start wondering what the future of Cam Newton and what the future of the quarterback position of the Carolina Panthers really is. Now, am I I saying Cam's done in the league? No. You know, he can probably still be a serviceable starter, but you can't use him. I, I think it's safe to say that one of the reasons he's gotten to this point is because of his style of play, and he just 
the way he's just been knocked around for so many years, and it seems like it's finally catching up to him in his mid-30s. So you obviously have to cut back on that. But even throwing the ball, he just wasn't there this year in those two games. He just was not there. And you have to wonder how much of an improvement he can make off of that if he is back in 2020. You know, especially with how serviceable Kyle Allen has been ever since week three. So it's a tough spot right now. I'm sure for for Cam and the team, but we move on. Kyle Allen still playing well, uh, and we'll see what he does uh, against the Packers, and he's someone we we touch on as well. But I wanted to jump on and obviously just kind of lead things off with that big story of Cam Newton going on injured reserve, so his season is done. And so with that, let us jump into Crossover Wednesday. Here's myself. And Peter Bukowski talking about the Panthers and the Packers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
Alright, we've got Crossover Wednesday here in Week 10 already. Can you believe it's Week 10 already? And the Panthers getting set to take on the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. And I'm so excited to be talking with Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers. Peter, what's going on, man? I'm How good, Bill. How are you? Ready ready for a big-time tilt in the NFC? This this is a huge one, absolutely. Uh, this definitely could be a playoff preview if the Panthers kind of get things rolling here. Uh, obviously, the big news, Cam Newton going on IR, so it's going to be the Kyle Allen show the rest of the way but uh, I want to obviously pick your brain on the Packers a little bit great great season so far uh, they've, they've really turned things around uh, I'll pat myself on the back a little bit I did pick them to win the NFC North before the season started so um, kind of feeling good about that sitting at seven and two but you know they obviously struggled last week the offense kind of was a little MIA uh, what exactly happened against the Chargers that it just seemed like the Packers really couldn't move. I just want to know first if if the Kyle Allen show existed, would you would you watch it live or would you DVR it and maybe watch it later? <laughs> uh, I'd probably watch it later. Um, you know, it's just one of those um, you know, it's 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 nice, but you know, it's just kind of There's other there's other stuff that would take priority. I, I would say it's just there. It's right, yeah. There's there's probably other stuff that I I check out first. You know, I I wouldn't say it's like it's not there. It's it's not just there, but obviously it's not elite. But you know, he's he's doing good for you know what we've been expecting so far, I guess, or what he's yeah. But back to your question, um, you know, the Packers offense. Uh, did not look did not good, and you know there are a number of different reasons for that. They had a lot of pre snap penalties. They had a lot of uh, issues with negative plays, the sacks, and the Chargers had an awesome game plan, and they executed the hell out of it. What Gus Bradley's defense does is not a secret; it is not complex, but they execute it to perfection. It is, in a lot of ways, similar to what Seattle did for so long. You knew it was coming. And yet they were going to execute it to the point that you you could not move the ball against them. And when Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram are doing what they are doing now with their they're both being healthy, it, it's going to be tough for any offense to move the ball effectively against them. When you add in the fact that Devontae Adams is probably something close to 70-75% in that game, that doesn't help. I think the game plan, Matt LaFleur admitted after the game that the game plan was uh, he got out of it a little bit and that they there was a lot of stuff that they wanted to get to that they just didn't get to because they got into what they call get back situations where they're trying to spread the ball out and and what I think is get out of character for them. They're best when they can mix run and pass, when they can go play action and and do the things that that really the modern NFL demands of them. When they get when they get bogged down, it's when they try and go a little bit more throwback Mike McCarthy um, you know, 11 personnel and let Rodgers just try and win the game by himself. It just, the, the modern game just doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah, it was, it was just crazy to see just even just the numbers, uh, that, that Rodgers posted and, and how low they were. But, um, that was, that's just a minor bump in the road, obviously, and, and what's been a, a fantastic season, obviously for, for the Packers so far. And, you know, I've I've said for for weeks now that this is a big game for the Panthers. I've you know long talked about how the second half of the stretch is is so huge, and and this is a tough tough spot. You know, this is definitely one of the uh, 
one of the toughest games on their schedule. And, you know, that, that defense that, that the Panthers are going to see on Sunday, I mean, that, that defense has just been playing so well this season. It's, it's just been so incredible to watch. Um, might as, we'll just call them the Smith brothers because that's essentially what they are, even though there's no relation. But they've really turned this defense around. Um, other than those two, what's been the key, especially on defense, what's been the key to – Green Bay's success this season. What feels different and improved this year compared to last year? Well, I think year? the biggest thing is is based on what you said with the Smith brothers. Um, I I sort of coined the the term Acme Sackers, but that didn't it didn't really didn't really take off. So <laughs> we'll have to uh, revisit that one at a later date. But their ability to rush four and get pressure with four fundamentally changed what this defense was capable of. And then you add in Darnell Savage, you add in Adrian Amos, you've suddenly got consistency and continuity on the back end. And that you hope over the course of the next few weeks will will build them back into what they were early in the year. It, the the Devontae Adams injury got a lot of play. And I think rightfully so, you know, Devontae Adams is a, is a star player. And anytime a, a bona fide NFC contender loses one of its best players, it's going to be a big story. Green Bay goes 4-0 without Devontae Adams. But De- uh, Darnell Savage missed a number of games as well. And it is not a coincidence that Green Bay's defense suffered as a result. Their inability uh, to, to stop teams from creating big plays, it, it, that that has been a problem all season. And... You know, Matt LaFleur was asked about it this week, and he said, look, we're an aggressive defense. We're going to give up some big plays, but we're going to create some big plays too, and that's where they've been lacking the last two or three weeks. They just haven't been able to, to create turnovers at the same rate. They haven't been able to create pressure at the same rate, and unfortunately their defensive numbers have come down in, in recent weeks as a result. I think part of that is injury. I think part of that is you know the Chargers played a great game. And, you know, you've, you've seen some of the Matt Moore and that Chiefs offense. They can still be really good. The, the Vikings learned that the hard way on Sunday. So, you know, I, I think to your, to your point, they are much better. They're much more physical on the edge. They're much faster and have better playmakers in the back end. And that's going to be the place, if you're the Panthers, that you're worried about this week because Mike Patton is so great at disguising who's coming and when. And he's going to show six and only bring three and still get a free hitter because that's what they've been doing all season. When you look at what Kyle Allen did against the 49ers, couldn't hold on to the ball, was throwing it to the guys in the wrong jersey, and that offensive line got worked by San Francisco's front. Green Bay with the Smiths, with Kenny Clark, um, and, and their ability to, to design blitzes to create problems, I think that's going to be a, a big problem for Kyle Allen, who you know is, is essentially a rookie for, for this team. No, and you're absolutely right. I mean, he only had the one start last year, and that was against a Saints team that had packed it in for the regular season because they were getting ready for the playoffs. But you're right. This offensive line at times can be very inconsistent. And that Packers defensive line has obviously been very scary. And if if the Panthers aren't careful, which we've seen plenty of times this season, Kyle Allen's going to be in trouble. And you could probably see a couple more interceptions. I mean, Kyle Allen went, what, four or five straight games without an interception. Now I think he's thrown four in the last two, including, of course, three against the 49ers. 
And on the flip side, I mean, you know, this Panthers defense has had its ups and downs, especially in the secondary, and, you know, you really can't have that against the Packers. You mentioned Devontae Adams has uh, st- still hasn't been 100%, but um, some of the other players have certainly stepped up uh, in his in, in kind of his absence, and the running game has just been fantastic. But I, I think one of the concerns you kind of have with this offense is I think we expected more. Um, it just feels a little disappointing with uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. You know, he's he seems like he's been he's had some highs and he he's had some lows. So you know, is, is he starting to kind of pick things up? And if not, you know, where else can this Packers offense? really be dangerous against this Panthers defense. Yeah, and the thing about, about Valdez-Scantling and and uh, I think all these young receivers, frankly, for the Packers, is uh, he was a, a high-variance player in college. He was a high-variance player last year and is a high-variance player this year. Uh, you know, he may only have two catches, but as he did against the Chiefs, um, he may have 130 yards on two catches. That has been his M.O. I mean, he's had some long touchdowns. He is the guy that they design shot plays for. And so they're going to take that shot to MVS at least once a game, uh, probably two or maybe even three times a game. What the difference the last few weeks has been, guys like Jake Kumaro have stepped up, Alan Lazard have stepped up. And, you know, I, I sent this stat out on Twitter, but MVS, Kumaro, and Lazard all have passer ratings over 120 when targeted over the last month. So, you, I mean, you can see the, the kind of production they're getting from secondary players, in, including Alan Lazard, who, who has been an awesome story, uh, undrafted out of Iowa State, comes into camp with the, the Jaguars, ends up on their practice squad. The Packers sign him at the end of a lost season last year. But he comes in and he credits those first few weeks on the actual roster with the Packers as setting him up for this moment now. He was someone who Aaron Rodgers praised in training camp. Didn't make the final 53, but then against the Lions, Darius Shepard has a nightmare game. Alan Lazard comes in. He catches uh, what ends up being you know, a, a huge touchdown to get the Packers in the game and has been consistent every week since then, making catches. I think he's over 40 yards in, in every single game. Uh, so even as a secondary weapon, you know, he is out-snapping some of these other guys. He is he is the player that I have my eye on moving forward as someone who can really elevate his game to become more of a that number two, number three type option in this offense because really the number two receiver in this offense is Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. No, and I'll agree with that. He, he's a hell of a back at uh, catching passes out of the backfield. And uh, I'll just touch quick too on Alan Lazard. You're absolutely right. What a... What a season he's having! I remember seeing him at the Senior Bowl, and um, you know, just just thinking how how much size the kid had, and it's nice to see him finally kind of put things together. So definitely a lot to worry about if if you're the Panthers. This will not be an easy week, I think, to say the least. But uh, you know, I, I think the Panthers hopefully will be up to the challenge. But um, like I said, going to Lambeau definitely definitely not going to be easy. But I think that's a good little taste of uh, you know what to expect of the Packers. So we'll uh, take a moment here, and then we'll kind of flip the script here. I guess I'll be on the hot seat now. <laughs> if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, here we go with Crossover Wednesday. I am joined, as I am every week, uh, by the host of the opposing Locked On Packer or Locked On Podcast host. Um, I should have asked how to pronounce your last name before we did this. Rossetti. Uh, Let me just. Yep. Re- I'll just re-rack it. Oh. No worries. All right, it's time to get to our crossover Wednesday. Bill Rossetti, host of Locked on Panthers, is on the show. And I'm, I'm going to need to practice Locked on Panthers versus Locked on Packers because I know I'm going to screw it up at some point. <laughs> uh, Bill, thanks for coming on the show and, and giving us a taste of what's coming with the Carolina Panthers, who have, I think, been a little bit of a surprising team. Uh, even with Kyle Allen, uh, we were just getting the news about Cam Newton. And before we get to a little bit of the preview of this game, I want to ask you about the Cam Newton stuff because there's a lot of speculation that he has played played his last down in a Carolina Panthers uniform. Do you think that is going to be the case? And do you think that ought to be the case? Yeah, I I think it's very possible. First of all, yeah, glad, glad to be with you, Peter. Like I said, um, definitely was looking forward to this one talking with you for a long time. So really glad we're doing this, but yeah, I, I think it's very plausible that Cam Newton has played his final down as a Carolina Panther. Um, I don't know if it actually is going to happen, but obviously look at the financial situation. Uh, the Panthers would only have about $2 million in dead money on the salary cap if they were to cut Cam before the 2020 season. And we know the quarterback class coming up in 2020 is going to be very good. Uh, and, and the Panthers right now are would be sitting kind of in the middle of the draft order uh, so they may or may not be in a position to grab one of those quarterbacks if, obviously, that's the route they wanted to go to. They may not necessarily go that route, but um, it, it, that option's always on the table. And, again, we, we start looking at the draft. You've got, well, Joe Burrow's going to go high. Tua, Tua Velo is going to go high. But Jordan Love's getting some uh, some love, no pun intended. Uh Jacob Eason, or uh, Jacob Eason, obviously get or yeah, Jacob Eason getting some love. Jake Fromm kind of is your, eh, he almost feels like the Drew Locke right now in terms of uh, some people like him, some people hate him. So you don't know which way he's gonna go, but uh, it may be getting to the point where you know the Panthers are gonna have to to start to move on. I know it's tough for a lot of people to to kind of fathom that idea, but the fact of the matter is. The last how many games Cam Newton's played in, he has not been effective. And it's because of the injuries. And at this point, with his age, can we really trust him to be healthy again for a full 16 games? I don't think that's the case. I mean, he hasn't played a full 16 in you know a couple of years, obviously. He, he missed a few games last year, and now obviously 
he's been out since week two, and those will now be the only two games that he's played all year. So, you know, you're you're going into a 2020 now where you've got a quarterback in his mid-30s whose body has to be pretty broken from all the hits he's taken and just the style of play. So, to me, I think right now Kyle Allen is probably the favorite to be the 2020 Week 1 starter, and eventually I think they're going to continue to groom Will Greer and eventually make him the starter, or at the very least, make him some kind of trade chip to maybe get some future picks as well and maybe develop somebody else. A lot, lot of options on the table, but I do, I do think Cam Newton very possibly has played his final game. So you mentioned Kyle Allen, and I want to get to um, the, an explication of, of his uh, strengths and weaknesses here. To me, when I watch him, he looks like uh, a quarterback that Packer fans are going to be very familiar with. To me, he looks like he's sort of the the Costco version of Kirk Cousins, some someone who when you when you put him in a scheme where you can focus on the run game, he's got playmakers on the outside, and you're asking him to just give them opportunities, just give them chances to make plays. Don't put it all on him. Um, he can he can make those throws. He can make throws down the field. And when he's when he's right, it can look pretty. It can look nice. Um, and then if you fluster him, he can throw the ball to the wrong team, and it can it can go a little bit sideways. What do you what do you think of of that assessment and that comparison as it relates to what the Packer fans listening can expect on Sunday? I. That that's a that's an interesting comparison as far as uh, and, and I like it though too don't don't get me wrong I, I think it's interesting in like a funny way the Costco version of Kirk Cousins I'm gonna have to remember that one <laughs> that was good um, but I th- I think you hit the nail on the head Peter um, this is absolutely an offense right now that is predicated on the playmakers right mm-hmm. it's it obviously starts now with Christian McCaffrey at the top especially now that Cam Newton's out so this offense runs through Christian McCaffrey, who is obviously an MVP candidate right now. I think my vote right now would go to Russell Wilson, but Christian McCaffrey is obviously in the mix. So the offense runs through him, and then you've got DJ Moore, you've got Curtis Samuel, who has been – he's having a nice season. You know, we didn't think – I think we were hoping for a little bit more out of him, but he hasn't completely disappointed. You know, he's still a pretty good deep threat. Um. But Kyle Allen, it's all about just taking care of the football and just getting the ball in the hands of those guys and Greg Olson and just letting Christian McCaffrey run run wild. Now, like you said, if you fluster him, he can he can get you into trouble. Look no further than the the game against the 49ers. Three interceptions. Uh, that entire offense just looked absolutely ugly. Uh, and especially coming off a bye too, because I that that's all I kept talking about too after the 49ers game was the fact that this was fresh off a bye week. Now, granted, of course, they played in London two weeks prior, but still, you had the week off. Um, you had all this time to prepare for the 49ers, and your offense just comes out flat. And then, obviously, you know the defense didn't do them any favors either. But the offense just looks absolutely flat. San Fran just bottles him up all game long. And then last week, he throws an interception again against the Titans, who, you know, they, they've uh, they've got a good defense themselves, a uh, mm-hmm. really good secondary. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a similar 
it, it's it's kind of a, a continuing trend now. They're going up against good secondaries. You saw San Francisco have a really good one. Tennessee has a good one. And now you're going up against uh, Green Bay, where you're going up against um, going up against guys like as I'm drawing the complete blank. Jair Alexander, obviously, is the first one that comes to mind. And, of course, a couple other. Adrian Amos, who has been a, a hell of a free agent addition for the Packers secondary. So if Kyle Allen's not... Uh, if Kyle Allen's not on his game, and we we kind of talked about the front seven of the Packers, how they they'll be able to cause problems, I think, especially against this offensive line. So if they can rattle Kyle Allen, I think that Packers secondary may find themselves uh, with a souvenir or two <laughs> on Sunday. Maybe they'll get Kyle Allen to sign it after. Um, I, I'm I'm wondering about yeah, this really. Panthers defense <laughs> because uh, for all the wailing and gnashing of teeth from Packer fans about this run defense for Green Bay. Uh, right now, the Carolina Panthers sit dead last in run defense DVOA, which is, I think, very strange because they're third in pass defense DVOA. That is not something we are used to seeing. Uh, usually, if you are uh, uh, such an, a very good defense against the pass, you're not last. Maybe you're not great against the run, but you're not last. And yet, that has been the case for for Carolina what what has been holding them back from becoming a better run defense, and has it just been as simple as they just care more about the passing defense? Yeah, it, it could be, and it, it's really it is really strange that they would struggle so much against the run. I mean, you, you look at the talent they have on paper, you know, going into the season, especially after the signing of Gerald McCoy, you're thinking, okay, this is going to be such a great front seven, and you know, good luck throwing the ball on us because our secondaries improved. Good luck running on us because we've got Don Terry Poe in the middle. We've got Short and we've got uh, McCoy that's just going to get after you. And, you know, you're not going to be able to push us around. Well, now Short's out for the season and uh, Poe's been up and down. It, it's it's just strange. It, it's head-scratching to, to think that this team just has struggled struggled against the run now granted they've been going up against some pretty good running backs but even still you'd think a defense that's led by luke keekley that is arguably the best middle linebacker in football a defense with shaq thompson who is so athletic and so versatile and and just the way they you know substitute players and mix cover or mix fronts and get fresh players out there it, it's just baffling when you think about it that a front seven that looks like this can be so bad against the run. And that's bad news on Sunday because we've seen, and it, it's not just Aaron Jones, because we, we touched on Aaron Jones a little bit even on the flip side with us. Jamal Williams is having a hell of a season too. You know, it's... Matt LaFleur has just been doing a nice job. Now, you know, for fantasy purposes, I know it's really frustrating, and I should know as a as an Aaron Jones owner. I, I've watched for a couple weeks being like, why is he not on the game? Uh, especially the Monday nighter, but which, which you know, he had the drop pass, which was uh, tough. This is tough. You know, acceptable. Uh, I, I have Jamal Williams, so it, I understand it, it your, your pain. Luckily for, luckily for me, he's <laughs> like a flex play when you, when you need somebody else. But uh, I, I'm wondering about the, the passing defense, though, because – it seems to me, and as as much as 
you know, a team that is that is designed by and called by Kyle Shanahan can provide a blueprint. It's like, okay, well, the blueprint for the 49ers is have Kyle Shanahan. But when it comes to attacking this Panthers yeah. defense, particularly through the air, um, when when teams use play action against them, they are giving up 2.2 yards more in attempt than when teams are trying to straight drop. San Francisco had some success with that. Tennessee had a little bit of success with that. And when you are so focused on trying to not be the worst run defense in football, I think it's only only human, even though there's mountains of data out there that suggest you don't need a great run game to uh, you know have a, a good play-action game. When you are so worried about being a bad run defense, I think intuitively you would expect that you would you you may be more susceptible to play action passing and that is actually bearing itself out with the Panthers this year. Are you concerned that after what we saw in San Francisco that that's how teams like Green Bay for example are going to attack them? Yeah, I mean you I, I think you're right. San Francisco definitely laid the blueprint to to beating this Panthers defense which had looked good over the the first few weeks of the season. James Bradbury had been improving, and you know Ross Cockrell was playing really well in place of the injured Dante Jackson. But you know the safety play was definitely up and down, particularly Trey Boston, who you know he he's there to kind of help in the run game, but he he's kind of struggled tackling at times. And you know Eric Reed is is kind of the leader, but o- overall. It's 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 a puzzle to figure out what you're going to get out, out of this Panthers secondary, and with all the options that Green Bay is going to fire at you, like we just talked about the two running backs, and then just so many receivers. I mean, it, it's concerning. It, it's tough to figure out how the Panthers are going to match up, how they're going to defend Aaron Rodgers and defend uh, all all these receivers while keeping an eye on Jones and Williams, you know, I, I think this could be a, a, another situation where the secondary is going to get picked apart a little bit. And I think this Panthers offense is going to have to score points because I don't think uh, the Panthers defense is going to be, you know, you know, you're, you're not getting a repeat of last week with the chargers. You know, did the, maybe the chargers gave a little bit of a bl- blueprint to stop in the Packers, but this, the Packers won't let themselves be embarrassed like that on offense two weeks in a row. I think they're going to come out angry. And unfortunately the Panthers just happen to be right in the crosshair. So, you know, Bradbury, this is going to be a spot where he has to prove that, or where he has to show that that improvement he's made over the first few weeks of the season was not a fluke because he can still get burned. He was very inconsistent in 2018. So he's just got to continue to, to raise his level of play, I think, if, if the Panthers are going to have any shot in this one. Right, the Packers are five-point favorites. Uh, I, I think, you know, a lot of a lot of people are feeling the way you are, that Green Bay is going to come out pissed off and they're going to take out some of their aggression on the Panthers. Do you have a, a call on how you think this one is going to end? Yeah, this was this has always been one of those games on the schedule that worried me for the Panthers, you know, even looking at the second half, figuring out games that they needed to win to make a playoff push. This was a spot where, you know, it, it just 
it was going to be rough, and I, I think Green Bay is going to take care of business. And again, like I said, especially coming after, uh, coming off what happened last week, I'm going to say Green Bay 34, Carolina 24. Interesting. I I think it's going to be a little bit closer, uh, but I think it's going to be the kind of game, to your point, that Green Bay comes out and and um, they they get right a little bit. Uh, it is going to be. Last I looked, high of 29, uh, low of 15. It's going to be cold. And so it's it's it does make you wonder, you know, if the Packers, let's say that, you know, they've been the best first quarter offense in the league. If they go up 14 nothing, does a warm weather team just decide, nah, we're done? Because it, they would not be the first team to succumb to the elements in Lambeau Field. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good point. You know, they've because they really haven't played in too many uh, too many cold weather spots. I don't think so. That's I, I didn't realize it was going to be that cold. Ooh, and I, and I thought it was going to be cold here in PA. Oh boy, <laughs> Bill, I appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, I always appreciate the crossover Wednesday insight. Uh, likewise, man. So glad to get to talk to you, Peter. Appreciate it. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.